<laughs> ah, yes. Ah, yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn Welcome McDonald. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above bigger obstacles that life will present to you. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is the CEO of Impact Strategies. She's also a CNN political commentator and... um, Currently serves on the board of the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, the Seattle University School of Law alumni, and Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network. She is on show to talk about her own one with Pangela podcast, which I love that they own one with Angela. And uh, black women being um, the Democrats' most reliable voting bloc, her freedom casual clothing line, and more importantly, her brand. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Angela Rye. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I know I have limited time with you, so let's get straight to the questions. I'm sure you used to being doing television live, so you used to people coming at you real quick and knowing what's happening. Uh, you have a <laughs> yeah, voice. No problem. You have a strong voice in the media landscape. Are you? Would you say you're a political influencer or a brand influencer? Um, I would say neither. I would say that I am an advocate, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm someone who fights diligently for macro and micro level change. Right. Um, growing up in the house with an, with an activist. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't really see myself as an influencer. People are influenced. Great. Um, I, but my, my primary goal in life is to make things better for for human beings, for humankind, and I say, and I focus most of that energy on making things better for black folks. Well, you're doing a good job, a great job, Angela, and I'm a marketing guru, as they say, I'm a brand specialist, and I have to say, uh-huh. uh, you are an influencer, especially when I saw the uh, video that uh, that was posted on the Washington Post that you did with uh, Latasha mm-hmm. Brown and Tiffany Cross and and uh, Alicia yeah. Garza and uh, Sonny and, and yourself and Amanda Seals. In that article, it's talking about Biden still needs black women. And here are yes. three things he needs to do. Now, that article yeah. is an influencing article to me. And so that's why mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. Now, there's nothing negative about being influenced as far as I'm concerned, because you build your oh, brand no, to say that, you know, and your voice, I think, stands out. And so when when I have you on the show, because you are an influence, you're a person who who moves the needle, as they say. And so talk mm-hmm. talk us about that. Tell us about that that, that uh, video that's on Washington Post and talk us about why mm-hmm. why black women are so important to the Biden efforts to get back into the White House or to get, get in the White House. First, he was the vice president, but this time he'd like to go back as the president. Yeah, I think um, it's really, really clear. Um, And that's why, to me, it was so easy for me to write that piece with Mm -hmm. my sister, um, some of whom, you know, are on talk shows and others who run various platforms or are activists in their own right. Right. And what is very clear is that, you know, election after election, black women, black people really Mm -hmm. do so much to ensure um, that Democrats are in a position of power that, um, you know, they win. And so often our thanks is that they are there. 
but our thanks is not in them meeting agenda items that would be required of any other voter who knows that their um, vote is worthy of something. Um, you know, as an attorney, you learn um, that uh, in a contract, there is a bargained for exchange. Absolutely. And a bargain for exchange means that I will give you something, but in return, I get something. And we're telling them the things that we need in return. Um, part of what is unfortunate for this particular campaign is that it comes years and years and generations after this um, bargained for exchange hasn't really been bargained for. And in mm -hmm. fact, there hasn't been exchange, an exchange at all. There's just been a, a repeated gift, a gifting of the of our voting power. Right. Um, and it hasn't been rewarded. And so we're saying it's time out for that. Um, and it has to be right now. I think that what's happened with coronavirus has certainly put, shined a bright light on um, the inequities that exist in this country. And it has made us say, you know, no more. You know, it's time for something very different to happen. And that's surely because of our our need to survive and to thrive in this country. And which I totally agree. I'm 100 percent on pace with you with that. Now, there are three things yeah. he needs to do yeah. for black women in particular, black people overall. But let's talk about this article yeah. about black women. And let's, the yeah. first was America needs a black woman as vice president. Mm -hmm. That was your first comment. Do you have yes. a person or uh, uh, at least some options you'd like to recommend? I actually think that going into who the options are is a distraction right okay. now. Okay. Because okay. the principle is in just getting them to agree that we are worthy of that. Right. That we right. are worthy of uh, a VP that looks just like us, who is representing our best interests. It's not that any black woman would do, right? No, that we know. But it is that there are an abundance of qualified black women to choose from. And so don't you don't get to say this time that you don't have anybody who's qualified. You don't get to say this time that you don't have anyone who's experienced. That is not true. And so that's what we wanted to focus on um, instead of listing and naming names. Awesome. And the other one, other two was America needs a black female Supreme Court justice. Your comments. Yes. Yes. And we, we tied that specifically to um, what happened with um, Clarence Thomas's and, confirmation hearing. And Anita Hill. You know, this is the, yes, this was supposed to be, um, you know, the man who was replacing and fulfilling the legacy of Thurgood Marshall. And instead he's, for lack of a better term, I'll say poo-pooed on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll cuss on your show. <laughs> and I think the other, the other thing that we have is, yes, Anita Hill. And it's not just that Anita Hill was shamed before the Judiciary Committee that Joe Biden chaired, but she also got a half-hearted apology only after he announced his campaign for running for president this time. So we certainly owe Anita Hill, and I got to be honest with you and say, even though I'm not naming names, it sure would be poetic justice to have Anita Hill on that bitch. I don't know that she would want it, but wow, that would be something. That would be awesome. Now, the third one, which <laughs> I think was not so much driven by female, but just a black agenda, period, a comprehensive black agenda that's, that's tied right. to the, the physical uh, violence that's being just just we sleeping in our bedrooms and police officers just coming in and jogging down the street yeah. and people just randomly just shooting you. You're getting choked out in New York. It's just so yeah. in the backyard of Sac um, in Sacramento getting shot a hundred times. It's just so many and so many rotating things. And I tell you, as a black man, I do think about that. I do. I do have concerns. Yeah. I do have concerns when I walk around with a with a mask on because of the pandemic times that we live mm -hmm. in. Can somebody be stupid that day? 
and, and, and want to mm-hmm. question why I have a mask on when everybody else has a mask on. And so let's talk okay. about that, the comprehensive black agenda. Yeah, and I think that this is this part is really straightforward too. You know, regardless of who is in power, black people have some um, certain needs based on our historic positioning in this country that dates that dates back to four hundred plus years um, of institutional uh, of slavery. Um, that goes to Jim Crow, that goes to um, redlining, that goes to mass incarceration. There are some systemic wrongs that have uniquely um, taken place for black people that need to be addressed. And it, it needs to be addressed whether there is a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, a Tea Party, whoever it is in the position of power. This needs to be addressed, and I would argue at every level, Rashawn. It needs to be at the local level, at Absolutely. the state level, and the federal level. Well, that's what I'm and saying. So, I'm, I'm, I'm talking at the local level. I'm just going to Kroger's, and I'm worried. Okay. Yes, I understand, I, and I'm just agreeing with you that yeah, that is indeed the case. That we have to start saying, hey, and this isn't just about um, racial injustice um, through a societal or a social lens. Um, or through, you know, the lens of a criminal justice reform plan. It is also about our economic empowerment, um, our economic opportunity. My dad has called for years for um, a a specific set-aside and designation for people who are the descendants of um, the United States enslaved, he now says. He says we should not say slaves anymore. It should be enslaved Mm because it puts the onus on um, the slave um, the slaveholder to say enslaved, right? And so um, that is that is one of the things that should be done. Um, there should be a, a robust agency like the Minority Business Development Agency that specifically addresses the needs of Black business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, I mean, there's so many things that need to be addressed. Livable wage. Um, you know, access to health care or, you know, free health care, Medicare for all would certainly help black mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. so often we shy away from what is um, deemed as progressive. It's called socialist policy. Right. And that is because people don't want to have to repay the debts that are owed to black people. But those are the things that would help us. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up here, how did how were the how were the uh, individuals? In the video that I saw, and anybody can go on the Washington Post and you can see it yourself. In fact, I'm going to post it on my uh, social media tonight so they can Thank see it you. on my Facebook and see exactly what the impact of what you guys are trying to communicate. How did, how, how, who, who did somebody call somebody? Somebody called another person? How did all of them get on the video and how was it shot? Well, we, we, um, there, a conversation was first held around the politics of coronavirus with right. a group of black women. We mm-hmm. held black women speak. And from that, um, just grew this sisterhood and, um, it was expanded to include some two women in the field who are doing the work every day. And that is, um, Latasha Brown, mm-hmm. who runs Black Voters Matter and frankly helped to secure the victory for Doug Jones in that Senate seat in Alabama. And then also Alicia Garza, who we referred to in the article, um, for Black Futures Lab. They, they developed this agenda, Rashawn, that was, um, uh, built upon serving 30,000 black people all over the country. It's the largest survey of black people in 155 years. And um, that is where the, the policy recommendations come from in that agenda. And we say, hey, this is a good place to start. Your Lift Every Voice agenda is not sufficient. It does not even scratch the surface on what we need as black people. But Alicia's, Alicia, Gar- Alicia Garza's um, 
plan does. And so right. we ask them to participate in this with us because we know that their voices are powerful. We know they represent the interests of the culture um, from a grassroots and an organizing standpoint and certainly from an advocate, advocacy perspective. Well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to Angela Rye. She's the CEO of Impact Strategies. Uh, you catch on CNN all the time. I know I do. And um, she's, uh, you know, on the boards of Congressional Black Caucus. Angela, let's switch a little gears here. You know, I'm you on my show. It's a podcast, syndicated radio show. And um, you're in the podcast world now. Own one with Angela. Uh, tell us about that. Is it a political show? Is it a is it an entrepreneurial show? Is it a female oriented show? What is the, what is Own One with Angela? I'm one with Angela Rye, the podcast. First of all, I love the name. I told you earlier in my intro, I love that name. It's just it's just a natural play like you own one, like you got an attitude. I, I just love that. Own one with Angela, okay? And and um and it, it is designed to talk about um what's happening in the culture, mm-hmm. um, what's happening in our communities, um, what's going on from a spiritual standpoint, emotional standpoint, and what's certainly what's happening in politics. And so it's a place where um, I go, I interview guests. We've been doing um, a master class series since uh, the coronavirus kind of quarantine and safer in place began, talking to um, some of the, the biggest stars, um, people who I'm fortunate to have rela- have relationship with and close to and are my friends or were a call away, like um, Miss Patty LaBelle, who did a cooking session with me, um, Chris Paul, who did a dribble clinic with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a podcast coming up with uh, Method Man, who is teaching me how to freestyle. That's so funny. I'm learning these different crafts. It was super fun. Um, from these people who are amazing in their work. And I wanted um, the viewing audience to learn with me or to laugh at me because I might not be as good as they hope. I think I did all right on the cooking one. The rest of these all need work. Uh, how about the dribble? <laughs> now you, so you failed on the dribble? <laughs> Dribbling? Man, Chris Paul <laughs> came on my Instagram live after and told me that I was cut. I said, Coach, I didn't even make it to the first practice. He said, it's too bad. <laughs> you know, you mentioned several times about the pandemic period that we're in and yeah. you know, I, it's, it's amazing I, you know, I've been uh, invited on a lot of shows and I've somewhat become a pandemic expert especially when I look <laughs> at the plight of the uh, people of color and especially African Americans yeah. what bothers you the most how the media is kind of like suppressed it and really it had one little moment in the sun and then it's like hit the back burner after that because you can't grab any more stats I can't find them about how and I have to do deep re- deep dive research to find out a breakdown on how blacks are still being over affected by the you know the COVID-19 virus tells your impact on you your feelings on that well you know what I think is so fascinating about this is an opportunity for us to lift up another black woman um Ayanna Presley who is a first-term congresswoman from Massachusetts right who took it upon herself to say I need to know how black people are being impacted by this virus and so you're going to pull data that shows me what that adverse impact and that disproportionate impact is. Mm -hmm. And so thanks to Ayana, we will see those numbers. They will not be able to hide. Um, And I think it's really important for us to understand the importance of having advocates both in the streets and in the halls of Congress. Um, And she's one in the halls of Congress who's doing that work. And it's so important that we continue to lift that up. I think the other things that we have to see is are the Ayanas that are making that same case on the state level. Right. right? So we understand how we're faring in the states. Um, It was discussed on CNN last night, actually, that black people currently, of course, who make up 12 percent of the overall 
um, demographics in this country, but we make up more than 27% of the, of the COVID cases. Mm-hmm. 27%. <laughs> that is large, and it's, of course, disproportionate. We have a lot of the underlying conditions, which means we are putting ourselves in, harm, in harm's way, and we're overwhelmingly essential workers. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and for whatever reason, they still have not um, bridged that gap between what it means to be an essential worker and an essential life. You, you know, it's really, it's really amazing. It's amazing. Surviving. You know, because just to give some more stats to that, that what people are hearing, I, I even I, I was telling numbers don't lie. You know, in Chicago, 23 percent of the residents are black, but 58 percent of the COVID-19 deaths yeah. are blacks. Uh, seven out of 10 yeah. COVID deaths in New Orleans, in the state of New, Louisiana, have been black. Eighty percent. When that report came out in April, people can understand now, once you read that report, why Mayor Keisha last bottom was upset. When you see that 80% mm-hmm. of the hospitalized COVID-19 patients in Georgia were black. And the numbers go yeah. on and on. That came out, and, it, and when Georgia opened up, you know, he opened Georgia three days before that CDC report came out. So that was, that was a strategy all along that it didn't matter about black people. I'm going to move forward. Mm-hmm. I have no plan to save rescue, re- black people. I have no plan to help our black people is about me and my agenda and that's really what disturbs mm-hmm. me the most is that when i hear about what you what you did in the washington post and you talk about an agenda that's what we're saying if we're going to give up our vote right. get something back this time in writing up in mm-hmm. writing and otherwise you're just going to sit back and go they're going to go through the motions again and again another four years and they're going to come back to us with the same stale we need your plan and we're going to deliver because the other the other option doesn't even have an option for us <laughs> mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. even exist and so i really appreciate you your honesty when you talk about these things but before we wrap i i saw uh freedom freedom t-shirt or freedom hoodies yeah uh, freedom, freedom looks good for women talk to us about that before you get out of here because uh you know i i really appreciate a person who, who who's who's uh who's branding that's what talk about branding branding your message branding your reputation branding your tone talk about the freedom line so um it, well the overall line i guess is just my stuff but i have this affinity to t-shirts and apparel that have affirmations on them. Okay. Um, my good friend B Mike out of new Orleans has a shirt that says, I am my ancestors wildest dreams, um, wildest dream. And I, I feel like I want people to know how I feel about myself by what I'm wearing. And I want to remind myself how I feel about myself. So, um, one journey that I've been on for some time is just freedom and what does it really mean and how do you really like tap into or boldly walk in your freedom and in liberation. And so the shirt, um, this, this thing that just always stood out to me is freedom looks better on you than else, right? Mm That's certainly better than purpose. So freedom looks good on you is that affirmation. And a lot of people, uh, agree with it. I have another shirt. Um, that we're going to do a re-release for that says we built this joint for free. And I think that um, the for free part is not something that we are necessarily proud of, but we're proud of the fact that we built something with a strong foundation that now we need to be richly rewarded for. Right, right. Uh, so I just think it's it's about um, statements of fact, and I love affirmations, and I and I will supp- I support a bunch of folks who have the same thing. My friend Alicia Garza, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. has a sweatshirt that says, powerful black voter, and I love that because Absolutely. it reminds me 
you know, of the not just of the power of just the vote, but the power we have politically, especially when we exercise it. So well, well, great. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I want to tell you this. I'm going to post that video yeah. on my Facebook every Friday mm-hmm. I, I, at 9 a.m. I send a newsletter out to 90,000 of my fans, my loyal fans. I'm going to put your freedom wow. T-shirts in there if you don't mind. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to put it. So if you notice a little bump, that's just Rashawn McDonald showing his love to Angela Rye. Okay. And uh, you be safe. And I appreciate you. Anytime you want to come on my show, your voice is welcomed here. Uh, Money Making Conversations is a home for entrepreneurs and entertainers, as well as people who want to change the world. And my friend, you are an influencer in so many ways. And don't stop. Okay. Thank you so much for the support. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you all for all you do to lift up black business and to encourage entrepreneurs on your show. All Thank right. you. And we won't lose because we're doing it together. Thank you. That's you exactly want, right. <laughs> if you want to hear more Money Making Conversations interviews, go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. My next guest is on the phone is the senior brand manager at Luster Products Incorporated, where she leads the Luster Pink brand. Luster Products is the leading African-American owned manufacturer of premium personal care products servicing people worldwide. As a third generation, third generation Luster and the granddaughter of Luster Products founder Fred Luster Sr. It's safe to say that she grew up living and breathing all things beauty and hair care. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Risa B. Luster. <laughs> Risa B. Hi, thanks for having me. Risa B. Come on in the house, girl. Risa B. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Good, good. Risa, where are you, where you calling from right now, Risa? Chicago. I'm calling oh. from Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. And the temperature is, and I'm going to tell you, so I was up there, you know, I did Steve Harvey's talk show there from 2012 to 2016. And mm-hmm. I love Chicago. Great food. Great mm-hmm. architect. Great people. Mm-hmm. But the weather. Mm-hmm. The weather. <laughs> What's wrong with the weather? You don't like when it snows in April? Girl, snow, girl, I'm telling you something. June, 50 degrees. I'm telling you, for real people. We're for, you know, it's like a month of, 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 of warm weather in Chicago. But I'm telling you something. Other than that, if you're not ready for cold, because I went up there, I was up there for the All-Star game when it was up there in February. So I, I okay. Took, took, went back just, just to see if I missed it. I'm going to tell you something. I did miss it, Risa. I missed Chicago because I, I needed to go back up there and wear clothes that I could only wear in Chicago. I got clothes in my closet right now in Atlanta, Georgia. I can't wear nowhere else. If I walked out in public, they look at me like I'm crazy. But if I walk out in public in Chicago, they go, can I borrow that? Can I borrow that? You look really exactly. Warm. You look really warm. <laughs> so you're born and raised in Chicago, huh? Uh huh. Absolutely. My family's from the South Side of Chicago. Yes. Now talk about um, being born into a brand because this is what we're talking about a brand that has uh, become a stable of a uh, 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 African in the African American community. Can we talk about? Can I ask you this? Can Can we talk about how you was introduced, or you just was just aware that was just a way of life? Um, no. So, um, uh, no, okay, the, my no, upbringing, <laughs> um, so, no. so my upbringing is very different than what most people expect. Mm-hmm. Most people believe that I was born into a family and they groomed me and my siblings and my cousins to go into the family business. Right. It was actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We come from a very humble family. Yes, ma'am. We all drive Toyotas. <laughs> if we wanted something from the store that costs a dollar, we better have a hundred reasons why we wanted that something. And you better have the grades to prove that you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And you also better have done your chore work at home, your chores at home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't, it, we, we knew what our family did. The five of us was my father, who's our president, CEO, Jory Luster, and my uncle, who's our vice president. Um, he has two sons and my aunt who's also our vice president and owner she's no kids but my dad has three I'm one of three and then my uncle has two the five of us we knew our family had a business but I don't think we understood it was more like oh dad's going to work you know Mm -hmm. opposed to you know oh well you know my family has this. We didn't grow up that way. Right, right. The, 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 the security wasn't there. The, the, the limo was showing up. That palatial <laughs> no. lifestyle was not up. No, not at all. So, like, you know, and I see people who get a little bit of, now that I'm older, when I see people like, you know, oh, I bought this, you know, I bought this and that. I'm like, why would you buy this and that? Like, save your money. You know, right. I, we mm-hmm. didn't grow up to be flashy kids. Like, we wore what everybody else wore. Our parents shopped at Marshall's, TJ Maxx. You know, we weren't wearing Gucci stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it, I was very blessed. Let me say that. I was very blessed um, as to how I was raised in comparison to some of the other kids that I grew up with, where now it's like, you know, they were forced into their family's business at a young age, whether, you know, it was a medical practice or, you know, a, a, a firm, like a law firm. Um, you see them get burnt out and they kind of resent their family for forcing them to go, you know, to medical school or law school right. or, you know, even into the family business. So we were very blessed where our families told us to follow our dreams and passion. It just so happened that I really love fashion and beauty. So it worked out for me. Um, yeah. So, we know fashion and beauty, which is like the, the you know, the, the cornerstone of a uh, African American, a Black America, you know, I, I grew up, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, in the seventies, eighties, you know, and I had the big afro, you know, all that good stuff. I, you know, Michael Jackson was my man, you know, the S girl was, <laughs> was was the look, you know, slanging it left and right. So, but let's let, let's talk about your brand, like you said, Rashad. I wasn't forced to be a part of this brand. It was something that mm-hmm. I naturally wanted to be a part of, and it was just so fortunate. It was fortunate for me that. My parents and my father had laid the groundwork for me to be a part of, but I still had to do the work to be a part of. Nobody handed you your job. Nobody handed oh, you the no. title of the senior brand man. Nobody no. was stupid. Oh, she's a she's a luster. <laughs> Give her that job. No. Oh my God. Yeah. So I think I mean, you have to keep in mind how I was raised. It didn't even dawn on me that I would be offered a job to work at Luster or that was even an option. Mm-hmm. Um I remember being in school, I was in college, mm-hmm. and I was taking a media buying class. Right. Uh-huh. And the professor was African American, and mm-hmm. she asked, like, well, she asked all the students, and she had no, she knew my last name, so she was like, you're part of this family? And I was like, I am. And she was like, oh, okay. Didn't make a big deal about it, which was great. And then she asked what I wanted to do. I was like, oh, I really want to, you know, move to New York and go into beauty and fashion. And, like, in front of the whole class, and she was pretty good about being discreet, but in front of the whole class, she was like, why wouldn't you go into your family's business? And I was like, that's not an option. Like, you, you know, like my, my dad was very uh, into us all obtaining, you know, our degrees, having mm-hmm. an education, mm-hmm. uh, being sufficient and, you know, working hard. So when I was in college, you would think that my dad put a lot of money into my account for me to make it through, you know, each month. <laughs> no, I had to work. 
I worked in retail. I worked in retail. And then on top of working in retail, I had to intern uh, places as well, you know, to get the experience, you know, of working in, you know, the field I wanted to major in. You know, Um, I I, I agree. I agree with your parents now. I'm going to tell you, I agree with your parents. My daughter right now. Um, Me too. She works at Subway on the weekends. You know, people go, Mm -hmm. yes, she works at Subway. She needs to understand that there's a certain amount of commitment you have to do, that you can't walk away from jobs you can't walk mm-hmm. away no and people you have to provide a service so that's a discipline that people has to have to accept and if you if you provided it if you provided a hey here's the money oh uh, you, you mm-hmm. can get this when you want to then there's no discipline that's all you learned in life was discipline which i really commend your parents on and just the, just the whole history of how your family carried it through is, is really amazing and so let me let me ask you this question before we move forward now when i see uh, you know that uh, Netflix just did that special, Madam C.J. Walker, and how she, yeah. how when I when I when I did my research on uh, Fred Luster Sr., he was a male version of that. Would I would I say that? Could I say that? Yes, you you could absolutely say that. Um, my grandfather, I mean, wow, he unfortunately passed on when I was only two years old, mm-hmm. and. Um, this is a man who had to, I got scolded in my last interview for saying this, but this is a man who in sixth grade had to stop going to school mm-hmm. to help financially provide for his family. I didn't say a junior in high school, sixth grade <laughs> to provide for a family, mm-hmm. you know, like my grandfather, his work ethic, his passion, his passion for, you know, his businesses, his passion for, you know, his coworkers, not once where we talk to ever say employees, coworkers, their family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, this is a man who, who, who did everything he could think of to provide for, you know, his family growing up and the family he created, which is, you know, my dad, my uncle and my aunt, he did everything. He opened up a, a barber shop and, you know, he was a barber. And then from there, his clients would complain about not being able to find products to accommodate their hair needs. I mean, he, he was like, what? You can't, okay, I'm going to make stuff then. He started just making stuff in his barbershop. He got my dad involved, I think, at the age of five, if right. not younger, <laughs> mixing ingredients in the barbershop. Right. You know, right. so, you know, his kids were his guinea pigs. And then, you know, from there, Luster Products, the product was born. You know, he passed the products around to, or provided them to his clients. His clients, you know, spread word around town. Next thing you know, he was driving around the entire Chicagoland area selling these products out of his car. Um, wow. He, he, and he was just, he was just, he, he didn't get into this business, um, I believe, from what I understand from talking to my family and even, you know, our coworkers at Lusterland who've been there, some of them are over 50 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get into this business to become a rich man. That wasn't his goal. Right. His goal was to make sure our people had. I remember my Aunt Doris, who's my dad's um, executive administrative assistant, told me there was one day where she was walking down the hall um, and she saw my grandfather overlooking the company parking lot. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Gee, okay? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, you know, so she walks up from like, hey, Mr. Lester, like, is everything okay? And he was like, sweetheart, I'm, I'm great. Do you see all these cars in the parking lot? And she looked like, yeah, I, I see them. He was like, I'm just so proud that Lester Price has been able to allow people to buy their own homes, buy their own cars, send their kids to school, have health insurance. And that was how my grandfather was. And not only that, my father and his siblings are the same way till this day. 
Do you hear me? They're the same way till this day. Well, you know, the thing about it is that, first of all, I love the passion in your voice. I love the, and I love, oh, all, your, you. and I love all the photos you have yourself on Google. You know, Google, you're probably like, I've got about 15,000 <laughs> hairstyles, you know. <laughs> I love switching my hair. Oh, oh, you, oh you, you, you fly now. You fly now. You know, I don't know who going to walk through that door. If I was dating you, I didn't know who go, I was going to be picking up. You you got it going on. It, it's funny, funny story. I'm actually engaged, and uh-huh. my fiance's last name is McDonald's. <laughs> I love it. Risa B. McDonald. Come on now. We're going to make it happen. When we come back, I want to talk some more about your brand and you because I'm talking to history here. And I think that's really important that people understand that that Chicago Soul, Soul Train came out of Chicago. Ebony right. Magazine, Jet Magazine, right. mm-hmm. Luster. You know, these are these are brands, you know, and the fact that you guys were able to sustain yourself today. That's a story that needs to be told. And that's why I wanted to invite you on Money Making Conversation. But our next break, I want to talk about you and the pink brand. That you, your little okay. innovative self that stepped out there and said, look, I'm a, I'm, I got this title for a reason. I'm out here making a difference. I'm making a global <laughs> impact. We're just not in the United States. We're going to let you know we everywhere. Everybody loves our product. Now, being a senior <laughs> brand manager. How did you rise up the ranks? Because you always talk this little story, you know, Rashad, I didn't earn nothing. You know, I, if I had a dollar, I'd explain why I had to spend that dollar. So you got hired at Luster. How did you start moving up the food chain? Okay, so it was actually my senior year of college, and my dad came to me and was like, hey, what, what do you think about, you know, working at the company and helping <laughs> us out with, you know, social media and I was like in shock that he even asked that I'm like wait what and at this time I had already um interned at a PR agency as well as the headquarters of MB Financial Bank based out of Chicago mm-hmm. um I was like oh and I have been obviously working in retail as well right mm-hmm. and I was like oh well okay so I started off as an intern and then from there I, I think he just saw how eager I was to help and make a change within the workplace. But it's kinda tough when you're like the president's kid and you're right. like super young. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of pushback, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of pushback. And then I graduated and I remember just like, Okay, well, I've graduated, my friends have been offered full time positions. You know, I'm still an intern. I'm like, I got to go look for work somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. like, this has been cool. And then <laughs> yes. I, it just worked out. It just worked out where he, you know, like, hey, you know, how would you like, you know, a full-time job here? Like, salary. I was like, oh, I was just looking to work somewhere else because <laughs> I didn't think you were going to hire me. So, I mean, it worked. But I think he saw not only in me, but he saw with my siblings. And then, you know, my uncle also saw with his sons. The passion, you know, that we have for the business and how we really do want to make a change. And, you know, this is a company that's been around since, you know, 1957. Right. So this brand did not come about, you know, in the 2000s. And so it's seen so many different changes, you know, when it comes to marketing and advertising and connecting with consumers and like to bring things to the table. Like, okay, well. There are these things called influencers, and people don't want to hear it. We, we did celebrity endorsement deals for years mm-hmm. with Keisha Cole, Victoria Luckett, 
Oh, my God. Who else do we use? Uh, Megan Good Mm -hmm. for years. And, you know, research was showing at the time that's what the consumers wanted to see. But now it's like, okay, we got bloggers. Bloggers? Who are bloggers? You know, what's going on with these bloggers? Do we pay them how much? You know? So it was like, you know, okay. You can't put a blogger on a box. Blogger on a box? What what, what you talking about? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting time. But most definitely, my dad is still... I think he's harder on me than our coworkers, <laughs> which is great. And I love it because I learned so much more because he is so hard on me. And it's, and I'm actually grateful too, because, you know, I'm a girl and usually sometimes the businesses, when it's a daughter, you know, in the position I'm in, it's like, okay, let's be soft and gentle on her. My dad's like, uh-uh, no, I don't like this. Get it right. Fix it. You know? Right. right. And it, and it's, and it's great. It's well, great. You know, but I'm I, very the, appreciative. Well, you know, the thing I like about, uh, first of all, your dad's smart because very youth, smart. youth should be tied to social media, the youth, because that's not a business. Mm-hmm. You want somebody 60 over there trying to create engagement because of the fact that mm-hmm. the terminology in the world that you live in and likes and followers and TikTok and, and it changes every day. You could be big on Twitter, next thing you know, Snapchat. Now, now Snapchat mm-hmm. is going to be pushed aside for TikTok. And so you have to, Hello. and you can't be frustrated by those changes. And so being a young mind, mm-hmm. you're not going to be frustrated. It's just, okay, I'm wrong. In fact, you know, some, I was ahead of the game. And so with that being said, that is why you, you, your position is justified. And that is why he's a visionary. You know, he won't give you all the credit. Like, I, I kiss my daughter, love my daughter, but I can't give her 100%. Baby, you know, you, you you got it going on. I compliment you because you still, you know, if you're going to run my company, there are other areas that you got to become an expert in too. And that's all he's saying right now. Master this, mm-hmm. but these other lanes are going about there. Because let me just tell everybody about, you know, the whole brand of Today Luster product employs more than 400 people worldwide. Hear me on this. Okay, she's the senior brand manager, Risa B. Risa B. Luster McDonald, that's who I'm talking right now. Their products are (laughs) sold nationally and internationally through a dynamic sales force and numerous retail outlets. Main facility is based on 17 acres in Chicago Stockyard Industrial Park. It's, you know, this is really what we're talking about. You know, you also have an office in London. Mm hmm. When you do you travel a lot, or are you just based? Or have did you do you did, was any travel involved, or you just stay based in Chicago, Lisa? Did I travel a lot? Oh my god, my house used to just have suitcases filled with clothes in them. Good. <laughs> yes, you absolutely have to travel a lot. And then mm-hmm. one thing that you'll see um, with some companies right. where they just kind of that they just kind of hire a team to go execute an event, mm-hmm. and you know the owners sit at home. No. I don't care if it's an event <laughs> taking place at your neighborhood beauty supply store. My dad is adamant that one of us is there. Mm-hmm. He'll even come down and make the trip if he doesn't have, like, you know, um, a business conflict mm-hmm. or a major, major personal conflict. When I say major personal, like a funeral, not a wedding, but right. a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so so we're very, you know, involved with every little intricate thing that the brands are doing. Um yeah, tra- we travel a lot. We all travel a lot. Well, this is part of now, with that being said, we're in the middle of a pandemic now. Okay. Yes. How has that changed your business model as far as executing and, and putting your products out there to the general public? Because one of the waves of shopping was, you know, they, they all went out there with the toilet paper and then the hand sanitizers. And now they want, they want 
home hair care products. They want products they can do at their house because, you know, beauty and barber salons weren't open. How, what have you done to be able to continue online uh, participation, purchases of your product and, and use of your product? Okay, so let me back up a little bit there. We pivoted. When this pandemic, first of all, I'm obsessed with COVID-19. I'm obsessed with the, cano- the corona. When it, we first got wind on the media that mm-hmm. this was happening, I just became obsessed with it. I like edited my bio on Instagram to say COVID-19 reporter. Mm-hmm. So I remember like hearing things on the news about it and mm-hmm. going to my dad and uncle like, look, this is coming. What do we have that we could, you know, accommodate the shortage of goods that are out there as far as like, you know, alcohol and you know, hand sanitizer and hand wash. They're like, T, what are you talking about? You know, then a couple of weeks down <laughs> they the don't line, talk to you okay, like we're going to make hand sanitizer. What they say? What they say? Girl, you know, what they T, <laughs> T, what you talking about? It's like, oh my God, guys. And then next, you know, a couple of weeks down the line, mm-hmm. we're manufacturing hand sanitizer. Um, we are considered an essential business night right now. We are open. And let me tell you something. A lot of these businesses that are open, the owners are not pulling up. We come to work every day. We are there. We are hands on. We are taking calls. We are making pitches and calling like, you know, um, senior citizen homes. Uh, we've donated to hospitals with hand sanitizer, but we pivoted our business and we're very fortunate because I'm sorry. I don't know if I mentioned this. We have chemists of color at Lusterland. So we formulate everything we make in house. We also have an in-house test line. So everything that we produce as well or formulate is tested on thousands of heads before it leaves our facility. And we also manufacture at Lusterland as well. So us having that capability is just truly a godsend and a blessing. Um, so we are uh, doing multiple things. We're selling hand sanitizer now, as well as we are marketing our hair care products to people. For you know, we're doing it through um, an IG, an Instagram, and Facebook Live series. We have a plethora of topics that we cover. But our most important thing too is like educating our people financially, so they're well versed as to how to handle themselves during these trying times. So during our series, we have had people who work for major banks come on and talk about, hey, even though these credit card companies are saying you won't receive a late payment, just be aware that your interest will accrue. We've had hairstylists come on, obviously, and talk about how to maintain your hair at home. We've had manicures come on, you know, ladies, don't look trifling around the house, keep it together. Um, So we're still, you know, doing a lot of things to still keep up with the consumer and their needs. But we're trying to really focus for right now on the pink side with our our items that are our OGs, as we call them. They've been in the game for forever. Mm -hmm. They deliver. So, yes, we're showing girls, look, you could do a wash and go with pink oil. You could do a twist out with pink oil. If you've lost your job and you can't... um, you know, afford to go to the shop anymore, go to go to your local Target, Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS, you name it, Dollar General. Pick up a bottle of pink oil, and not only will it work for you, it'll work for your husband and his waves or whatever style he desires to wear, and your children. So we're doing a lot of content around that as well, which is really exciting. And it's getting the consumers excited, like, whoa, I forgot that, you know, I can use that on my natural hair. Whoa, I'm going to get it. So we're really blessed. Woo, man. I'm, I'm, you you on point now, y'all. It's no, it's, you got that title for a job title for a reason. Now let's talk a little bit about these hand sanitizers that you just blew past. Now that's what people now, can't I find. I blow past the hand sanitizer. Yeah, now, I didn't find blow past that. First of all, first of all, that is the number one in demand product right now in the in the yep. country. Now, yeah, how can I? First of all, can I order <laughs> hand sanitizers from you now? 
can I go there and order right now? You can order. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to let no. I'm you so, hey, Risa, Risa, I ain't telling nobody. Give me the link right now so, so I can order. It's available on lusterproducts.com. It's on, available on lusterproducts.com. Hold on, hold on one minute. So you came. See, I'm going to be ordering as you. Lusterproduct.com, right? Products, right? Yes. And as soon as you get to the page, it pops up immediately. Okay, it see. offers, you know, for the consumer to buy this product. Uh, okay. There we go. Hands right there, show. Show no fears right there, girl. Two ounce bottle. 59. Okay. Now she's Wait, hold hands. up. Huh? That's just one of the sizes we sell. We are, I think this, this week we're going to start manufacturing our six ounce, eight ounce, 12 ounce, and gallon. No. Okay. Okay. You know, so this, this interview is so much fun to me, Risa B. Now, Risa, you know, you're my girl now, right? You, you, me and you, we, we, we close. Now tell my, my, my McDonald's. We're family. You, you yeah, my, we family. Tell cousin, tell cousin, we good now. So this is what I want to do. <laughs> You know, I got a I got a newsletter that goes out to ninety thousand people every Friday at ninety thousand plus. Every Friday at nine a.m. it goes out. Can you get me a banner to go in my newsletter? Yes. Okay, cool. That's all. Because right now I will be ordering me some hand sanitizer today. Okay. You know, I won't I won't break the bank. They said for orders of thirty six or more, call for special case prices. <laughs> Oh my God, we've had people on our website buying like a hundred units, a hundred hand sanitizers at a time. Because, oh because this is the reason I'm bringing it up. This reason, because I'm making a big push. I'm, you, like me, I'm a reporter for, you know, COVID-19 for businesses because I'm trying to tell people <laughs> how to open their business and you have to be prepared where you can get these sanitizer, hand sanitizer, where you can get rubber gloves, where you can get N95 masks or facial masks, period, because that's the only way you're going to function as a business. And so you're telling me, Rashawn, over here at Luster Products, we are manufacturing hand sanitizer and we have available right now. You can go online and get them. That's a yeah. very powerful yeah. statement. And so now yeah. it, was, it was so funny. A, a friend of mine, she does masks in uh, Houston, Texas, and I Put, mm-hmm. and, I, and she was the very last banner in my newsletter. She had the most clicks in my newsletter. I mean, everybody okay. went down that newsletter, saw those facial masks for fifteen dollars each, and clicked them. Okay, and so so this newsletter, I'm really understanding what my audience needs. They want to find out about the sanit- hand sanitizer. They want to find out about you know facial masks. They want to find out about the entertainment I do, entrepreneurship, all that good stuff. But more importantly, they want to be safe. And for your company, yes. your brand, to be able to deliver a product like this and make us safe and make us be able to socialize and create social distancing with proper proper guidelines with proper products, I'm proud of you, girl. I am proud of you. I'm very proud of you. It was a family team effort, and I and it I love Lusterland. That that was the favorite. That Lusterland. When you said that, I said, "Girl, that's why I know that this is this conversation." I did. You know, first of all, I enjoy all my conversation, and the fact that I'm talking to you, you uh, you you are a uh, uh, what they say a light a uh, a light in the darkness. Your 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 energy is on point. You're articulate. You're passionate about your brand, and you know how to sell your brand. And uh, I got to bring you back. Okay, if you don't mind. Yay! I'd love to come back. Now, you, 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 you're something else now. You know this is this is great, and uh, you can bring another family member. Bring another family member so we can just talk about Luster Lane <laughs> and all that good stuff. Now, hey, not that you, my girl. Now, Reba, Risa, Risa B, Luster McDonald, you, my girl. Okay. <laughs> but I got to get this uh, banner. Uh, uh, 
I got to get this I'll battery. I'll get some to you. more family members. Okay, I'll cool. get some more family members okay, for cool. you. Because this is the next step. But they're the- shy, except my dad. They're all shy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen is, oh, we're going to get this uh, banner this week, so I can put it in my newsletters, and so we could just start. Just, just, just. It's more so about telling your story. That you know, selling product is great, but just to tell your story, Risa, is so powerful, and I'm so proud that uh, what you're doing as an individual or young lady, my daughter's a young lady, you know, she's, she's young, she's 22, she's going into game design and realize if you follow your dreams, if you follow your dreams and you have the right people around you supporting you and not allowing you to just miss steps. And that's what happened in your life. They will not allow you to skip steps or miss any steps because mm-hmm. we all going to fall and we fall. You want to be able to get up and you know how to get up Risa B and keep winning. Okay. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed my time speaking with you. You're so kind. Are you going to get that banner to me? Yes, I'm going to get that banner to you. I awesome. Thank you. My next guest deserves a drum roll, but I don't have a drum roll. During the month of May, she is celebrating her 76th birthday. She has authored six books, including four that are cookbooks. I have one that came out in 2017, Desserts LaBelle, Soulful Sweets to Sing. She has recently began sharing some of her personal recipes on Instagram, which I share on my at Rashawn McDonald Facebook. Today, we'll be discussing her line of frozen foods at Walmart. She'll be headlining the PH Love variety show benefiting the city of Philadelphia during these pandemic times. The lineup includes my man, Chris Love, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Daryl Hall, and many more. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Grammy Award winning artist, actress, entrepreneur, and founder of Patty's Good Life, Patty LaBelle. Hey, you better talk. <laughs> well, you know, we, how we, are you, honey? I'm doing great. First of all, I want to thank you because three years ago I started Money Making Conversation and it was just an idea. Uh-huh. And I was only going to, and, and you came on my show and I was going to do it just for six weeks. Okay. And you told me, you told me I had a gift. You said, you, 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 uh-huh. you can do this. That's what you can do. And guess what? Three years later, right? I'm still here. <laughs> celebrating your birthday oh, and thank you for inspiring me good. to and, and, and where it's been said i've been changing lives and and giving people a voice mm-hmm. that didn't have a voice in the fields of entertainment right. and entrepreneurship thank you patty labelle thank you too honey thank you so much and i know you're gonna be that man that i knew you were from back in the day and <laughs> look at you now you're still doing what you do but let's talk you about do this it so well thank you let's talk about this food girl Patty's good life okay. now. The line features eight yes. items. I know they feature eight items because your boy was shopping <laughs> this morning. I went to Walmart. I live in oh, Atlanta. God, thank you. Okay, this is what I oh. got. Because I'm going to be okay. celebrating. Because, uh, you know, it's like, Patty, I won't be there for your birthday. <laughs> so I said, what's a cool right. way to give her a gift to show them thinking about it to show her love? So what I'm going to do, I said. That's a perfect gift. You know, I'm going to go. I'm, I went and bought them this morning. This is what I bought. I bought. I found the macaroni and cheese. It's made with, I'm going right. to tell everybody what it's made with. The extra ingredients. It's made with uh-huh. cheddar cheese, Monterey <laughs> Jack cheese, and real butter. Then I got the beef oh, brisket yeah. stew. That's tender beef brisket mm-hmm. and hearty sauce with potatoes, corn, peas, and carrots. Then I also got yeah. the southern style greens, which is seasoned ca- uh-huh. kale with a touch of hot pepper. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what I really uh-huh. love that you got. Black eyed peas. What? 
Black eyed oh, peas yeah. <laughs> with smoked turkey, sweet onions, and garlic. Right, right there, I, I'm busting that box open because I also got some of your, <laughs> your sweet cornbread. I got some of your sweet cornbread, oh, and then you topped uh, it off. Because I came back home, my wife said, I didn't know Patty, because, you know, she was saying, I thought she just did pies. <laughs> I said, no, Patty got it going on. Oh, and then, yeah. and this, this was opened her eyes when I pulled out the okra stew with okra, tomatoes, right? and sweet corn. She said That's it She went Shut up Patty got okra I said <laughs> Patty got okra Yes That's one of my favorites Yes honey And then you know and and then you purchase it Well so what I'm gonna do is On on your birthday I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna post I'm gonna say happy birthday To my favorite person Happy 76th birthday Because you're an entrepreneur right. And And you And you still doing the things That you wanna do And I reason I'm bringing it up Because I saw you on yeah. uh, Kelly Clarkson show and um, uh-huh. and then you was you was, they were sampling the Kelly was sampling your food, the the joy that you right? give to people. Explain that. Just explain oh, that that that, that that love you have for life, <laughs> Patty, on my show. Tell people. I guess I guess it's because of my mom and dad. They were both loving people, outgoing, fed the neighborhood, and just made people feel like they wanted to smile instead of frowning. Mm-hmm. And with me, I, I noticed, you know, since I've been performing for 56 years, that mm-hmm. I've touched so many people just when I hug them. Right. You know, or when I smile or say something positive to them. It don't cost you nothing to be a lifter of people. Right. And it's natural for me. It's natural. You know, it's it's what was always cool about you, Patty. It's like I, I I was interviewing a uh, Holly Robinson Pete in December, and she was telling me, uh-huh, my I, I'm, "I'm doing a, I'm I'm doing a Christmas show with Patty LaBelle. and it was like her voice dropped down, and she was like, <laughs> it, was, it was a reverence, you know, like I'm, and then you know, because oh. I was girl, you gonna do something with? It was like we all joined in into uh-huh. a club of happiness, girl. <laughs> you doing something with Patty? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> you, you know, and, 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 so, oh, and, and you know, and I like to believe I'm a successful person. We all know Holly Robinson Pizza successful person but just mm-hmm. to work with yes, you work with you means that there's 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 something special that's about to happen because your time means something to us you you're a treasure young Thank lady you you're so a treasure much. i appreciate that and i really feel as though you're telling the truth because I, as i said i'm 76 and i've been working for 56 years and whenever i go on stage i get this great feeling from the audience that they're pleased to be with me that night, and I'm going to give them something special. Yeah, because I'm, nothing I do is pretend. Oh no, no! When you start flapping those wings, now no flapping those wings. <laughs> you know, that's, oh that's, yeah, that's like a signature for that. You know, like oh, she's uh-huh. about to do her thing. She's about to do her thing. Right. And, and the, the, those are the blessings of being able to. Uh, uh, what were you at? What, what song do you? What song do you like? What, what song meant something to you? You have that type uh-huh. of career, that type of brand, and I, the reason I bring that up because to become an entrepreneur in this level, you know, where you where you can go in your store mm-hmm. and like I said, I, I saw your face on the box, on several boxes. Yes, isn't that special? <laughs> you know, and, and I, I know where it started. You know, it started with the sweet potato pie. So let's walk us through yes, that step of being an entrepreneur and, and when you when you go in the store sometimes and see your box, mm-hmm. your face on that box. Yeah. Talk, tell us about that journey it's, of being an entrepreneur, Patty. Okay, when when because I've always cooked all my life and so at one point I said, this is my second love, singing is first. Right. And I should do it and try to feed people. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't thinking about the money at the time, but I just knew how good my food was and I wanted people to say, oh, can I have seconds? And so it started with the sweet potato pies and all the sweet items mm-hmm. that my mother made. I watched my mother and my aunt 
make these certain uh, items and I gravitated to them cooking because I was a very shy kid. I stayed mm-hmm. at home. I never went out and played with the kids. I learned how to cook. Mm-hmm. So that's my gift. And now that I went... When my babies were, my grandbabies were in the store and their mother took a video of them and they were walking down the aisle and said, that's Grandma Patty on the super potato box. I said, oh, that made me feel like my babies are seeing mm-hmm. my face on food. Mm-hmm. And I've, I was in the store once and saw it and it made me feel special, honey. Just so blessed, so blessed. And, you know, the the real interesting thing about it is that I remember we'll, we'll go back to journey, how blessings and if you're good, I would say mm-hmm. if, you, if you treat people right and you're good people, then good things happen to you. Because when you I put the sweet it. potato pie in the store, that young man decided to, <laughs> decided to taste it. He decided to taste it and think about it. Why he was eating it. And I'm going right. to tell you something. I'm going to tell you how big that guy. <laughs> I was in L.A. And it's a Fox uh-huh. executive. White guy. White guy. Fox executive. Right. And, and we was talking about yeah. doing a TV show. And he said, Rashawn, have you seen that Patty LaBelle video? I said, what you talking about? He said, sweet potato <laughs> pie video. That's what you're talking about. And uh-huh. he pulled it out. That's how deep it had gotten. That's how viral it had gotten. Oh, yeah. For James. I know. That's wonderful. He's he's one of my best friends now. I didn't know him before that. Mm-hmm. So I was shocked to see the video myself. I said, Dad, he got it like that. He likes that pie like that. I said, oh, God. So we met and... And that's history. I mean, we're friends forever. Oh, but that's that that's that, that you can't buy that because once he did no. it, the pies could not stay in the store. Uh huh. That's true. They and could. at the beginning, when they went out, they were doing really well. But when he did that thing, it <laughs> went even more. Hey. I said, "Oh, thank you, dear James." Hey, Pat, yes. Pat, Pat, I went and got a couple. But, you know, I, 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 but you had to call around. You know, you just couldn't like just walk in the wall oh, and get one. I know. You had to call in and say, yeah. "Is the patty pie there? Is the patty pie there? Sweet potato pie?" <laughs> and they knew. As soon as you call, they knew. No, uh-huh. we're not. They'll be in this Friday, Friday, and so <laughs> you can't buy that type yeah. of marketing. And he gave it to you. And the thing about it is right? that it will, you know what I always tell people. You know, once you get an opportunity, make sure you can deliver, and you deliver it on the pie, Please. the taste of the pie, the crust of the pie, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, you didn't cheat you, your sir. fans. You didn't cheat me because you know black people. You know we we can get <laughs> hard tell on me you. If I did, come on now, black people. Did, what, what was that? Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I don't want nobody to beat me up. Come on now, you uh-uh. know us. We spend our hard our money. No. Patty or them, she's just messing around I know. with that pie. It gotta be right. No, because they would not have bought it and drove. And the beauty of it, it happened at the uh-huh. right time during that Thanksgiving run. Oh, it was yes, just it's just it sure all did. the stars lined up that Perfect lined up for your sweet potato. Pot. Now, then you came back with the, so the peach cobbler. Now, tell us oh, about yes. how did you get into this next line that I just mentioned, the macaroni and cheese, the beef brisket stew. Because, oh my God, because I'm always making dinner. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for certain things to add to the chicken mm-hmm. or the roast ham or something. So, of course, my sides would have been like the greens always. Right. Mm-hmm. And macaroni and cheese, I've been making that forever and everybody loves that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's just put out a few items and see if people buy it. This way they don't have to cook dinner. They don't have to buy desserts. I mean, they have to buy desserts, fine, but you don't have to make your own desserts. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for women or men like you to buy and relax and not have to cook. Right. And all the food is good. Well, I, it's really it's very it's, reasonable. That's why I, that's I'm telling you something because your boy about to start promoting. I'm not going to be at the level of James. Now he he did some astronomical, uh-huh. but I'm a, but I just right. know during the pandemic times, you know this product. Mm-hmm. 
is you know people want to just go home, just put it in the microwave, put it in the oven, eat the some microwave. great food. It's rare, and I guess what it's it's a lot of food in this package. I'm just I, I haven't opened it yet, but I know yeah. weight. I know weight. Uh -huh. I mean, oh, I know you do. I just got That's some in here. It's a, just a family serving here. Weight on this spot. And yes, so and so it, it was so funny that I was because I'm an old school. I'm from Houston, Texas, and a country boy. I love uh -huh. buttermilk. I love I'm old. I, I love oh. to put sugar in my buttermilk. And so you know when I right. saw that cornbread, girl, I said. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna make me some cornbread. I'm gonna put uh, that sugar in that butt. I'm gonna crumble up this good old patty, good life cornbread God. in there, and that's gonna be my dessert on Sunday. Yeah. I'm just gonna let you know. I'm just gonna oh, let that's you know. Great. <laughs> You're gonna make that into a dessert. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm just gonna have fun <laughs> because of the fact that you have a you have you're giving me a gift because you've been doing it all like I want to just shift a little gear because you've been an advocate for adoptions, diabetes cancer, mm. HIV, AIDS, and yeah. many other causes and nonprofit initiatives. I want to say that's a lot of responsibility because people call and they, they, they want your time like you're doing the, the charity festival right. in Philippine, PH Love, you know, where you're headlining mm -hmm. and you're sharing your time. Right. Okay. What yes. drives that energy, Patty? I was born with this. Um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a total giver. Right. And it don't cost me nothing to give what God has given me. Mm -hmm. So I give it and with a smile on my face and wait to be asked to do some more stuff because I'm that girl. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing that I can't do for people. Mm -hmm. I can do it all. Well, and I, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that you're now dropping videos on your social media. Yeah. Now, here's his. Uh -huh. here's his I'm not saying I'm a stalker. Patty, okay, but right? I, I love you to death. And so I'm going on Instagram, uh, and you know, I look on Instagram, uh, I can type your name, pops up, and I saw you cooking, all right? Yeah, and then, so I went to your PR firm, I went to your PR firm, I said, Is Patty dropping videos? <laughs> Why is nobody told me Patty's dropping <laughs> videos? Because on my social yeah. media followers, I got like 800,000 Facebook followers, and 88% uh -huh. of them are women, 88% oh. of them are women because I cook right? a lot, and uh -huh. so, so if I'm gonna if right? I'm, I'm find anybody that's out there cooking, Patty got to be. I got to share her post <laughs> on my social media. And so, well, thank you. So, I shared that, and then I found out you dropped another video. Didn't nobody tell me you dropped a second cooking video. Oh. So, 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 so what are you doing? You're doing, you, you controlling your brand, or you just, you, you're feeling good about yourself? No, you know what? Know, know what I'm doing since I've been, uh, of course, stuck in the house for three months? Mm -hmm. I cook every day anyway. Right. So, now <laughs> when I do it, and Zori, I said, Zori, let's film this. Put on, so it's on YouTube, my, my, uh, way to cook quick meals. Right. And I just love to do it. So if, if I'm going to do it every day, you better come over here with a camera and <laughs> film your mama. And, and that's what's been happening. And guess what? When you film it and you post it, Rashawn's sharing it. Because my 88% <laughs> fan, female fan base on Saturday morning will be sharing. I, I, I found out about this other one. I saw it. It'll be on Saturday morning. So this is go. it's going to be, I'm just going to wrap Thank it up you. here and tell everybody what Patty LaBelle means to me this weekend. It's going to be a Patty LaBelle weekend. Oh, on Saturday, I'm posting you. her, I'm reposting her cooking video. Then on Sunday, <laughs> her birthday Sunday, 76, 76. <laughs> Six. Woo! Your boy gonna yes. bust open the box of macaroni and cheese, beef brisket stew, <laughs> southern style greens, seasoned kale with a touch of uh, hot pepper, black eyed peas with smoked turkey, <laughs> sweet onions and garlic, okra. Like my, my wife said, okra, okra. And she says, Does okra? Patty do okra too? Yes, she does. <laughs> and some sweet cornbread. Uh, I'm gonna crumble that up in some sweetened buttermilk. It. And I'm gonna say something to you, it's Patty. I'm gonna say, Happy birthday, Patty. Thank you. 
Thank That's you. That's my birthday you, cake, you. your cornbread. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. And stay thank blessed. Thank you so and, much. And keep giving. And I'll you see too. you in another three years, okay? Another three years. You surely will. <laughs> thank and you. And we'll be hugging and close up All right. next time. Stay safe. I appreciate okay, you. Okay, baby. Thank, thank you, Pat LaBelle. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, bye-bye, Rashad. <laughs> okay. My next guest is a very, very popular writer, motivational speaker, and she's motivated me many times. Happy to have her on the show. And a TV personality. She is known as the country's leading authority on beauty and style for women of color. I have six sisters. I know she knows. Today, she is the editor at large for Essence Magazine, a monthly lifestyle magazine covering the fashion, beauty, entertainment, and culture, and president of Mickey Taylor Enterprises, LLC, a strategic branding, consulting, and communication company. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation again, my friend, Mickey Taylor. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> doing good. You know, uh, you know uh, who are you motivating these days, Miss Taylor? Because you're good. Oh, at my. It. <laughs> you know, I am motivating everybody who's ready to make what I call a leader shift in, in coming through and out of this crisis. So mm-hmm. the audience is global these days. Certainly, right. it's my target audience is women of color. Mm-hmm. Happy to say that I've still continued to be their most trusted authority. Right. But, you know, we're reaching my multi-generational women, mm-hmm. uh, reaching uh, a few good men, as I like to say, in audiences <laughs> worldwide. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, it's an exciting time. And I will tell you, um, one of the things that I'm telling audiences everywhere, especially now that I'm talking through them through technology, right. is that this moment is pregnant with opportunity, pregnant mm-hmm. with opportunity. And if you labor right, you're going to give birth to some amazing success. She's been an important role model for me, a certain partner in changing lives and very mentoring camps for young men and young women that we've been participating as, a, as together in, over the years. But more importantly, being a voice of authority, you know, we always need authority. You know, our parents are, are, are a sense of authority. But when you get home, you need somebody else that can mentor you and guide you. And that's been a role you played and you championed for many years, Mickey Taylor. You are a mentor. Mm, I'm just honored, honored to serve and humbled to share. And that's really important because I, I've seen you on stage at the Disney Dreamers and, and, and your, your articulation and being able to just look women in the eyes and walk away. Do you have a sense of responsibility for being able to communicate those those values to 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 not only just women of color, because I've seen you in diverse audiences and your message does not change. Your message is very universal and is received worldwide. But that's a sense of responsibility that you have to consistently uphold every time you you speak it, write it, and tell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is absolutely a, uh, a form of responsibility. And I also consider it a divine assignment. And, and, you know, my goal is to show up ready for that every day. I have an opportunity to get up every day and go to work on behalf of women. And I take great pride in that. Um, you know, one of the things that the, the seed of understanding in all of my books is that I want women to celebrate their beauty, to certainly own their lives and to uh, also master their purpose with distinction. And a lot of that has, has everything to do with how you live your life. How mm-hmm. you show up mm-hmm. again, how you balance your personal and professional power. And one of the things I've been talking to, uh, uh, to women about in this, mm-hmm. uh, 
COVID crisis, if you will, is that this is not a staycation. That you just like you got to keep your pencil sharp if you're still <laughs> writing by mm-hmm. hand. Got to keep your mind sharp if you're still activating your vision. Mm-hmm. You got to keep your beauty sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a staycation for your skin. You got to take expert care of your skin. You got to take care of your temple. You got to keep your spiritual muscle built up and fine-tuned. And so, yeah, I do take that as a responsibility. I'm that reminder. There you I'm go. That yeah, I'm that reminder. I'm that girlfriend in your head. I'm part of what I talk about in my latest book, Editor-in-Chic. I'm part of your celebration circle. I'm here to push, polish, and check you so that you remain at your best, so that you are, are, are always becoming, as Michelle Obama would say, and that you don't get comfortable in any chair, that you don't let fear paralyze you into not taking care of yourself and, and knowing your value. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a form of responsibility. It is a divine accountability, and it is something that I must do every day that I rise. There you go. See, right there. See, that was a Mickey Taylor moment. If you, if you have, uh, that right there, that right there. I, I can, I can cut that clip out right there. See, that's what I've seen. That's what I've looked on stage and been in awe of all my life. When she gets in a zone, that was a Mickey Taylor zone right there, because she articulated. It, it was that. It was that Maya Angelou "I Rise" moment. I rise. <laughs> I love it. I, that's the skill. That's the blessing of when I when I listen to you because no matter how. Smart you think you are, you have to open yourself up for knowledge. And I oh, yes. will tell you, every time I talk to you, every time I interview you, there's so much knowledge that you drop on me and you humble me mm-hmm. by allowing me to understand that there's so much more I can do. There's so much more I can learn. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important that your story that you tell, that you articulate, has to be told on a consistent basis. And that's what you do every time you open your mouth. That's what you just did on my show right there, and I want to thank you. The interview's not over, but I just want to take the time right now and thank you for that moment right there, Mickey Taylor. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now, let's talk about let's do because you kind of brought it up right there, a little skincare and makeup and a staycation and all that. And um, let's talk about five products. We'll slow it down. You know, it's time. It's the beauty time, you know. Five Five products you need to perfect your com- perfect your complexion. And so, you know, it's really interesting because you know, my skin, I'm an oily-based skin. And very early mm-hmm. on, as a, for some reason, I just figured out how to use cold water and warm water to wash my face and all this, mm-hmm. and to get the, get the dirt out of my pores. I kind of figured that out. But a lot of people have not figured that out, and they still deal with a lot of complexion issues. Talk about the five products you need to perfect your complexion. Well, one of the things that I always say, you want to know the skin you're in. You don't Mm -hmm. want to shop the headlines. You don't want to shop the trends. You want to shop what your skin needs to be at its best. Mm -hmm. And that begins with a gentle but effective cleanser that will address your skin type, whether you're oily, whether you're combination Mm -hmm. oily and dry, whether you're sensitive, what have you. What does your skin need to not be in what I call an upset position? (laughs) Where That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then the second thing is... You know, you need an exfoliant. Past the age of uh, uh, 15, I want to say, you know, skin cells start to slow down. They do. That turnover. So, you know, you want to keep your skin behaving at its peak for the rest of your life. So that's where an exfoliator comes in. What exactly in. is an exfoliant? What exactly would you say that? An exfoliator can be either a manual 
or a chemical product like glycolic acid right. that turns over dead cells because that's what keeps you from being in the glow. That's what keeps your texture from being smooth and fine. So you want to turn over those skin cells. And depending on your skin type, you may need to do that once a week, twice a week, uh, uh, once every 28 days. So, again, that depends on your skin type. Then you want to have what's known as a vitamin C serum. In this day and age, particularly for skin of color, a vitamin C serum is like prime octane, if you will, in Mm -hmm. that it um, gives you that glow. It pulls out your radiance. Uh, It is just so uh, nurturing and priming for the skin. And so serums... They're because of their molecules, they're so small, they can really penetrate that first layer of the skin. So, again, they, they uh, just give you that tone and texture and that glow of skin on vacation. Uh, then you want a moisturizer with sunscreen. There you go. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because we are no strangers to the fact that we do uh, tan, but tan is sun damage and then the melanin in our skin we will have more hyperpigmentation you know most of us 75 percent of the audience struggles with some form of uneven skin tone hyperpigmentation dark spots or or blotchy areas where the skin is not uniform it's darker in certain areas Mm -hmm. so you want to be sure to use a moisturizer with sunscreen And then the other thing that you want to have on your list is a great mask. So a great mask, whether your skin is dry and it's a hydrating mask, whether your skin is oily and and it's a pore cleaner, if you will, uh, you want to have a great mask that you use, be it once a week, once every other week, depending on your skin type. Because, again, that's like your dock in a box. You know, and since you can't get to the dermatologist now, you can't right. get to the esthetician, that mask is your doc in a box. Now, everything and you so, just said can be done, can be used by a man. Everything you just said. That's right. Absolutely. And and, and Absolutely. as men, we tend to feel that, you know, we don't need you know, a sunscreen. You know, we, uh, we feel we don't need that, uh, that vitamin C, things like that, because of the fact that right. wrinkles will take over your face. Unless you like, you know, Mickey Taylor, you know, you know, her face don't change. You know. You know, she's, she's people make you mad out there. Mickey, Mickey, where, where the cracks at, girl? Where are the cracks? Where are the cracks? <laughs> so, so sometimes getting advice for people that look like her make you mad. Oh, really? Well, you know, I just do the vitamin C. I do the suntan. Okay, really? Really? God yes, gave yeah. you a different wake-up call, girl. Okay? <laughs> but but a person like me, I'm dealing with wrinkles. You know, I'm dealing with bags under my eyes. And, you know, I keep, mm-hmm. looking, I keep looking at these little commercials talking about, you know, in five minutes you put this under the eye, you know, the bags will go away. What, what, <laughs> what can we believe? What can I go in the store and help out my old face? Mickey Taylor, help a brother out. So, so, so when it comes to under eye bags, that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, what I call a combo approach. So the first thing you got to do is you got to watch the salt in your diet. Okay, cool. That's the first thing. And the alcohol. Then secondly, you don't want to sleep flat. 
You know, uh, I, I recommend some people need to sleep on two pillows, slightly a little more elevated so that fluid retention doesn't happen okay. under the eyes. Okay. Then you want to get a deep puffing uh, eye cream or an eye gel and you put that on every day. And what it does is most of them have a little caffeine in them and they really have the ability to shrink that bag, shrink okay. those bags okay. under your eyes. And like what was that again? Them. What was that again? So it's a it's an eye cream or a gel. You want to look for uh, it to say depuffing. Okay. And I will tell you, even if you don't want to use the eye cream, uh, a lot of them come in a serum that have a little cooling ball where you roll it on under the eyes. So Clinique has a very good skincare line for men, and they also have a great um, depuffing serum that comes in like a uh, it's like a roll on. A, a slim bottle like a roll-on. Oh, yeah, I've that seen little, that. I've seen yes, that. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that little cooling metal is like when they used to say, put the cucumber under your eyes, mm -hmm. and nobody has time for mm -hmm. that, put the cucumber on the eyes. So this little cooling ball, if you massage it, it not only deposits the serum that will shrink the bag, but it also helps with the swelling because it's cold. Right. Oh my goodness. Because yeah. I use Clinique. I use, oh, you go in my home. Uh, when I travel, mm -hmm. I use the soap all the time. And I've seen that yeah. little, because you know, you be disbelieving yeah. stuff. You don't know what to do. That's why you got to talk yeah. to an expert to guide you in the right direction. You look at these commercials <laughs> on TV. You don't know if you buy it. You know, what is that going to work for real? But it's more important you understand that you're an expert. And when I, when I, when I bring you on the show, Again, I've learned some information. You know, I was I'm writing all this stuff down. It might be for the listener, but if some of this information was for Rashawn McDonald too, I was greedy on this interview, <laughs> Mickey Taylor. I was greedy on this interview. But I, I, I want to just say this to you personally: is that you know, when I started this show three years ago, and um, and it was just an idea, and I had to call on people who, at the time, I was just trying to find myself, trying to find my voice, and you did not hesitate hesitate coming on my show allow me and this in this month it's my third year anniversary month and i want to thank you mickey for supporting me for believing the conversation i'm trying to create with everyday people which your sensibilities would work and it is working it's becoming very popular and i want to thank you mickey taylor well, it certainly is. And I want to congratulate you because the show is changing lives and the dynamics of how we do business and create wealth and see ourselves. So I want to congratulate you on it. And I want to tell you to keep winning because you're doing it and it's necessary. <laughs> well, thank you, Mickey. You know, whenever you need something, anything you need, me to, anything you need me to post, I'm your friend. But more importantly, thank you for doing Money Making Conversations. OK. Honored. Thank you. My next guest. So I've been a fan of hers for a very long time. She's a native of San Francisco. She graduated from Dartmouth College with a degree in government and environmental policy. Well, you think politics, right? No, 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 no. Not even close. She is an award winning director. Actress, stand-up comedian, best-selling author, podcaster, and activist. Every Tuesday and Friday, 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern, she live streams a happy hour and mixes a classic cocktail and asks her viewers to mix along with her at home. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Aisha Tyler. 
Oh, hi. Hi, Rashad. How are you? I, you know, some, when, you, when, you, when you have a career like yours and still at a young age that you are, you know, I got to put as many of those uh, those adjectives of, of success that I got to put in my intro as possible. And you're doing a lot, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That was very kind. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, of all the things you've done, you've been a talk show host, a podcaster, stand-up comedian, an author. Let's let's just start breaking it down because a lot of people may be familiar with, with your work. You know, you're the first official black character on Friends and Criminal Minds. So, you you know, sitcom, drama, talk show host. Let's go to talk show host because, you know, okay. you know as a stand-up, you know, you're on stage by yourself. I'm a performer stand-up. So I know the discipline mm-hmm. and, you know, it's the microphone and the crowd and it's you. You know, you can't run behind mm-hmm. a curtain. Mm-hmm. If it goes bad, it's going bad on you. Now, when you're sharing <laughs> information, you know what I'm saying? You know, when, they, when, when we yeah. all have had that show. Aisha, well, you know, yeah, you know. oh, yeah, we, we have had multiple, multiple shows like multiple that. Show, multiple shows, multiple shows. You know, they make you tenacious. You it, know, it develops tenacity for sure. Well, I don't know if it's tenacity because you know I've been on stage and I and and, and, the, and the amount of payment that I was getting was really not matching the suffering I was dealing with on the stage as to why these jokes <laughs> aren't <laughs> working today. No, not commensurate. I agree. Not commensurate at all. <laughs> and 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 the worst thing, and I don't know if you've done those multiple show nights. You know, like I've done like a, mm-hmm. the multiple nights where you have a seven o'clock show, a nine thirty show, yeah. and then a midnight show. And here's the, the mm-hmm. problem: when you have shows like that, people. Somewhere along the line, you just you just doing comedy, and you will start questioning: Did you do that joke in the set that you were participating? Absolutely, in? absolutely. Every comedian, I've had that conversation with so many of my peers. Where by the midnight show, you'll start you'll start a joke. And in your head, think, oh, no, I already told this joke to this crowd. And you stop, and they're staring at you, and you're staring at them, and you're trying to run through your head like, did I do this already? And then by then, you've, oh, you completely derailed. Or the other thing, where you have a callback at the end of the set, and you realize right when you're about to do the callback joke that you never did the setup earlier. Oh, your set, I forgot about that one. You're oh. tagging a joke you never told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both of those happen uh, many, Aisha, many times. I'm going to tell you something. Those are, as a stand-up, now, now let's, let's, here's the bad part about when you lose confidence in the, your material from the standpoint, did you say the mm-hmm. joke already? Because mm-hmm. if you're a headliner, and the headliner's like 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour, if you are like mm-hmm. five to ten minutes into your set and you start questioning your jokes, did I say that? Did mm-hmm. I say that over? So the yep. whole oh, set, yeah. you're, you're tipping through the whole set with no layer of mm-hmm. confidence. And so if you're not giving one hundred percent, Aisha, you know this for a fact, then the crowd's not going to give it back to you, and then it just becomes no, because there's like this ineffable, right? There's this other layer to the material that's not just your performance, not just the material, but like you said that confidence that energy that you connect with an audience. And if you don't connect with them early on and they and you lose confidence yourself, they lose confidence in you. Right. And then that set is just a wash. You might as well go home. Yeah. I, yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. And then she, <laughs> then she said the incomparable callback line. See, a callback is, yeah. is you, you, it's something you set up a joke. You know, David Arnold, he's on uh, Netflix. He has a great special on Netflix right now. He does a lot of callbacks in his comedy set. And I complimented mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I call that old school comedy, right? When you, when yeah, you, when you, when you set up, your, you, you know what I'm saying? You set up your joke. Then you put a little line in there And then about 15 minutes You yeah. call it back Well guess what If you don't yeah, set up yeah. that joke That, that you're going to yeah, use That call back on yeah. Then you look you're really stupid At that moment Because you waiting for people to <laughs> laugh Because you know Because the callback is a given That you wouldn't use it If it wasn't funny and, But it's no right, good right. If you hadn't set up the joke 
And so as a stand-up exactly. and being a female stand-up comedian, you know, the challenge is always, whenever I get a female stand-up on my show, because I know it's a male stand-up and that there's a black male stand-up, there was, oh, there's, there has been a journey for me dealing with, uh, you know, restrictions on stage. And as a female comedian, you don't have to deal with sexism. You know, you're attractive, so you have to deal with that, Aisha. So just talk about the journey of, of you know, it, of, of being a stand-up, breaking into the game, and then started being respected by the play, by your peers. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, and I'm, I'm sure that you know this, you know, when you're, when you're a young comedian, you know, your kind of your ambition and your desire is typically way ahead of your ability. And that's, that's, you know, comedians are like athletes, you know, no matter how, how naturally talented you are, you have to train mm-hmm. and it just takes time. And, you know, I think for me, I always loved minute I did it from the very first set that I did it, but it, it just takes a long time to get to a place where you're performing at the level that you want to, the level that you envision for yourself. And you have a lot of shows that really don't go very well. I always laugh when people say, have you ever had a bad set? I'm like, I've had a thousand bad sets. No working, no, no, successful working comedian hasn't had (laughs) thousands of bad sets like that's what makes you that's what makes you strong that's what makes you a good comic is Mm -hmm. knowing how to tolerate a quiet crowd knowing how to turn them around Mm -hmm. having confidence in yourself even Mm -hmm. when you know the night's gone poorly and um and i just think that you know what the only secret to success for me you know other than being relentless was you know kind of relentlessly pursuing excellence in myself constantly working to be funnier was just not quitting you know what i mean like it's just it's that old uh, Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours rule. You have to be up on stage for those 10,000 hours for it to really start to feel like second nature. But, you know, like you said, it doesn't pay. You know, there are years where you're not making any money and you're up there suffering. And, <laughs> for, you know, you're just like, this is not enough money for me to go through this again. Forget it. But, um, but you know, I, I loved it and I, and I stuck with it and I had every kind of adversity that you've heard of, you know, comedy club owners telling me I wasn't going to make it, and, know. you know, girls aren't funny, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, it exists. And, uh, and you know, you just let it, you let it slide off your back if you can, if you're and, able to. But you know, the really, what people are, you can relate to this because you've been successful in so many different layers as a, cause you're a successful comedian. Okay. Yeah. There are people out there oh, who, who say they're comedian, but you know, we had that conversation like that. <laughs> and so, but it, it, it allows you to have a, a, a Public speaking is no big deal. Your improv mm-hmm. skills yeah. are on, on because you can be in the middle of a set and somebody yeah. starts somebody start interrupting you. Yourself. You better be ready to deal with mm-hmm. that person or they mm-hmm. will destroy you. Exactly. And so, and exactly. so now you've taken these talents and then, you know, and used it to host a very popular improv show. You've taken these talents to be able to be a co-host of a very talented uh, talk show. So how has how has being a stand up? I'm gonna I'm I'm ride that stand up through everything, even as a mm-hmm. we get into the mixing sure. of the drinks, because I because I know yeah. the power of being a stand up because of the fact that how it has has helped me. Whether I've been in because yeah. I you know I, I used to be you don't know me, but my degree was in mathematics. I worked for IBM and I used to mm-hmm. give meetings and because mm-hmm. I had a stand up background, I could just tell how people looked at right. me and go, he looks so comfortable. He, he looks so comfortable. Yeah. And so, but that that comfortable. That, that zone of comfortableness, the, uh, or the, whether you're directing a, a criminal mind or whether you are uh, acting in a comedic role, let's let's show the assets of what being that stand up, being a, having a stand up career has done for your brand. It's 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 just really you're, it's really well put, and you know I'm not surprised that you have a degree in mathematics and you went to stand up because stand ups are typically incredibly intelligent. They're able to think on their feet. They're able to think in complex ways. Like I can totally see how those two things 
share a relationship that you were a scientist and also a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's the tenacity that you get with comedy where you have to be up on stage. You have to hold an audience. You can't duck to the exits if it doesn't go your way. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the comfort level that you get, not just when things are going well, but when things are going poorly, to know in your head, I can turn this back around. And that, and you know, you, I know you felt that as a stand-up where you've lost an audience and you Ooh. have done it long enough that you know, okay, I, I know I can get them back. I'm mm-hmm. going to get them back. It's that confidence. And I think, you know, luckily that, that skill set that I got from stand-up has helped me, like you said, in every single thing I've done because it's the ability to think on my feet. It's the ability to take disparate, you know, sets of information, disparate data and synthesize it into new ideas. It's the ability to pivot. It's the ability not to feel anxious in front of a crowd. Uh, it's, it's the bravery of standing up in front of strangers and communicating big ideas. And, you know, that you can use that in any field at any time. You know, great, and the comedy that you love, great comedy. There's lots of funny guys out there. You know, guys who are physical comics, guys who are joke comics, but the great comics are the guys that are talking about big sociocultural and personal ideas, you know, the guys that devastate, the guys that say something that makes you think, you know, mm-hmm. a week or a month or a year down the line. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, great comedy, it, it involves a lot of sophisticated thinking and also being able to be nimble on your feet. And I think that's, those are probably the two things that I've taken away from comedy that have been the most useful in my other jobs is the ability to be comfortable and, and in, a, in a dynamic setting and to improvise and to be confident in communicating big ideas to other people and being persuasive. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I know what you're saying and I know that that undeniable fear, you know, you have to be fearless when you go on stage. You have to, you mm-hmm. have to be able to say, mm-hmm. I mean, in different cities, I always tell people, you don't know if somebody having a bad day, you know, the, you know mm-hmm. if the person sitting next to you, they're not a happy couple. You know, or if mm-hmm. they if they angry when they walk in there, are they drunk? Yep. You don't know. Exactly. Any, so you walking on stage exactly. in, in San Francisco or New York or Chicago or Dallas or Houston or wherever, and mm-hmm. once you able once you're able to make them laugh in all those different planes, and I'm talking about those different cities, the different time mm-hmm. zones, that's mm-hmm. when you go, I can do this for a living. And, right, I, and, and, I can do it for a living, and I can do anything really. Like and, you said, the fearlessness that you have that you can do anything. You know, you can do anything. You know, it's, it's beautiful talking yeah. to you, Aisha. I'm glad we finally got, you know, when you look at somebody on, on, on I was talking to my wife and, uh, uh, many years ago, and I probably, you probably don't remember this. Mm-hmm. I remember we, we were introduced to each other and uh, uh, I, was, oh, okay. I, I was an aspiring young writer at ICM and, oh, and, 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 they, and they said, uh, we, we want you to meet somebody. And we sat down, of course, you, I was very young and you were very young, you were younger. <laughs> and, and they told me that this, this young lady here is gifted. She is going to make it. That's what your representative said. Uh-huh. And just to sit back and I've been oh, able to watch so your career and uh, just see it. I had no impact in it. I had no played no role in it. But the fact that I met you at that early stage and to see that you 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 stuck at it because there are no guarantees. Oh. There are no guarantees to have this conversation I'm having no, with you no, today. And to see that you right. not only we, and we're going to talk about a lot of the other diverse things that you're doing in your life, especially when we talk about the mm-hmm. uh, bartending, because that's going to be the fun part. Mm-hmm. We're going to close this show out with mm-hmm. in the next break. But the okay. fact that you are not afraid, Aisha, and and yeah. that is what I have to compliment you on. And I know Thank this you. business as a stand up. You are attractive. I know what they do and how they treat people. It's just they, the, they, the mindless business that we can call that we call Hollywood can beat you down. And you have stood with respect. You have stood with accomplishment. You've been honored. And my friend, thank you. 
I want to close this first break no, by saying thank, thank you. you. Okay. Thank you. That's lovely. Thanks, Rashawn. Aisha, uh, uh, you know, okay. every Friday, every Friday, tell me mm-hmm. at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, <laughs> 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, you get live stream. What what format are you live streaming on? What format? IG so or we, Facebook? So we were we were we were we were on IG for a while, but we added we started adding more guests. So now we stream live to Facebook and YouTube. It's just my handle on both platforms, Aisha Tyler, one word. Mm-hmm. And um, and that way we're able to do some bigger. We will do some bigger groups you know ig you can only add one person and we've been doing zooms we did the cast of criminal minds we've done the cast of archer um we've done the cast of who's line so and it's been really fun uh to bring a different guest on and, and experiencing you know this little happy hour with them because you know for the last couple of months people haven't been able to go outside and a lot of people are missing that you know right. that interaction right. spontaneous moments and an opportunity to let out steam and then so the happy hour is, a, is a, an opportunity for people to interact interact with me and then also, every single happy hour is focused on a different uh, COVID-focused charity. So I highlight a different charity that's doing COVID relief. I encourage people to find out more about them, to donate if they can. I also give people resources to get assistance if they mm-hmm. need assistance. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and then I make a donation to, the, uh, to, each, to that charity at the end of the hour. So it's just an opportunity to, to, to connect with people. And also, for a lot of us, you know, you want to do something, but you don't really know what it is. You know, people can feel a little powerless. Uh, in, a, in a crisis like this. Mm-hmm. So I do some of the work to vet these charities, make sure that they have a really strong rating on Charity Navigator so you know that they're efficient with the money and that the money you donate is going to go to the people that they help. And uh, and also just to teach people about charities they may never have heard of. And uh, and it's a good experience for me because um, I've highlighted some charities that I know very well and that I've learned about some new ones that um, have been really exciting to to learn more about and to support. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, you know, we, we got we got to we got to talk about the serious side because I'm gonna tell you something. One thing mm-hmm. about Aisha, you know, she she's straight business, she's straight activist, and she's in the middle of entertainer. Okay, so just don't think she's just an entertainer. So, but we got to get back to the entertaining side of this conversation with this with these mixologist skills. Now, to my understanding, yeah. they sent me your bio over. They said uh, pl- uh, you have a business party of distillery in Brooklyn. Yeah, so um, I have a lot of cocktails uh, called Courage and Stone. Um, there, we just we launched uh, very like beginning of this year, uh, and our distillery is in Brooklyn and. They're ready to drink cocktails. So essentially, you know, you get home on a Wednesday night and mm-hmm. you want, you don't want a, a, you don't want a bunch of drinks. You want just one great drink. And for right. most of us, we don't know how to make them at home. We don't have the ingredients. We don't mm-hmm. have the, the expertise. So you buy this drink. It's ready to drink. You pour it over ice. It's a ready-made cocktail. No mixing, no additions, no mess. Okay. And you have a perfect old fashioned right right away whenever you want one. Okay, give us some brands. Are you, are you talking about Long Island iced tea type drinks? Or are you talking about what? Okay, you- no. So we so we launched with two classics, two okay. classic, very very venerable American style cocktails, uh, old fashioned, the whiskey old fashioned, mm-hmm. and a Manhattan. Oh yeah, we're coming out with a third flavor this summer. Yeah, the gin old fashioned, and people know people probably know the old fashioned is probably the most popular cocktail yes, in in America. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, people know from watching Mad Men or from watching you know. 
crazy, stupid love, all these movies where people make a great <laughs> old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then the Manhattan, which is a beautiful classic chocolatey oh, yes. evening taco, really romantic. delicious. Manhattan. Yeah, very sexy, very romantic, very elegant. Yes, exactly. And then we're, we're having, we're coming out with a third flavor of gin old fashioned this summer, which is a bright, uh, kind of citrusy, good afternoon drink. Um, and then we're going to be coming out with more flavors. These are cocktails that are very spirit forward. Mm-hmm. They don't have any juice in them because, right. you know, you don't, you don't really want a, sh- a cocktail that where the juice can sit on a shelf all day. And <laughs> that's right. not a real fresh no, cocktail. That's not, that's so these are spirit forward cocktails, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. they're 80 proof, same as, as a straight bottle of whiskey. So they're strong. So if you pour them over ice, they're not going to get watery and uh, and kind of start to taste bad. You know what I mean? They're really made to be savored over time. That's really awesome. Now let's 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 talk about. I want to slow this down because that's a, that's a, this is an entrepreneur side of you that I wasn't aware of when mm-hmm. I when the booking. And then I, you know I start reading your bio. I go, what? I didn't know about this. Yeah. And so I, I, I say it just like that, Aisha. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I gotta talk to girl about this. Uh, so and so. We know when you so one can go online. Go to go go online. Where mm-hmm. would they go online to purchase it? Courageandstone.com. The word okay. courage, like liquid courage, and stone.com. You can order these cocktails directly to your home. Wow! Uh, and that's which has been very meaningful for people now because they they can't go out to bars, mm-hmm. they can't go out to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's delivered directly to your house, um, and you don't have to do anything. They're they're not mixers. You don't have to add anything. You just pour them over ice and keep them in the fridge. You know, they're just, they're on hand. If friends come over, uh, they're beautiful. The bottles are beautiful. And 30% right now of everything that we're making online, we are donating to the U.S. Bartenders Guild because, you know, I was a bartender in college. Mm -hmm. I I owe so much of development of this product to people in that that business. Mm -hmm. And unlike restaurants, bartenders haven't really been able to pivot to takeout and delivery. Mm -hmm. So they're just not working right now. I mean... When I was a bartender, I was making a dollar ninety an hour, so mm-hmm. I lived on tips. That's right. how I made a living. And for so many bartenders now who have no income, we just wanted to to, to show that to show that uh, part of uh, our our economy a little bit of love and support well, while a lot amazing. of people are still okay, locked in. Let's just talk about the skill, because you know, you you Aisha, you'll throw out a little hints about your ability. I was a bartender in college, <laughs> so which lets us know, you know, this is not something that somebody just tapped you on the shoulder and say, "You want to make a little money on the side, Miss Tyler?" You said, "Look, I got the skill set no. to do this." So, or uh, now yeah. Tom Cruise did the movie Cocktails where he was spinning bottles and flipping <laughs> them and bo- a little bottle yeah. landing in his back pocket and all that good stuff when he flipping up in the air. Now, are you putting on a show, Aisha, or are you just making drinks? I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm, I'm more, not trying to put you on the spot. I'm more of a Hmm? I'm more of a classic bartender. I'm more about the quality of the drink oh. and the experience mm-hmm. with the with the drinker. And I I think I love people when I do it. It's a conversation because <laughs> I teach everybody at home how to do it. So I'm, I'm right. throwing stuff in the air. I don't want you hitting your I don't want you hitting your kid in the head with a bottle of margarita max here in your living room. Um, but it's also like a little bit of the history of the cocktail mm-hmm. and the history of spirits in America. You know, there are very few women in this space. There are almost no women of color in this space. Absolutely. Um, and so it's also important for me to expand the scope of how people see not bartending in the spirits category, but also to know that we have we actually have a long history in the spirits category. A black man taught Jack Daniels how to distill whiskey. I know. This is a part of our history. Mm-hmm. And we've always been a part of it, and and I want to be able to tell these stories again, and also to um, to let everybody know that just because you're a woman doesn't mean you want to drink some drink with an umbrella sticking out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Women like to drink serious drinks as well. You know. 
So I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to bring that out and, and let people so, know. It's so okay you want to hit somebody in the chest with your drink sometime? Just, just thump them no, down. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Let's like, don't, don't spill the nectar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. You know, so so it's every Friday. Is, is your happy hour? Do you have a name of your happy hour? Friday night. Do you have a name to it's it? It's called like the a, Liquid Courage. Yeah, it's called the Liquid Courage Happy Hour. Liquid Courage uh, Happy Hour. It's every Tuesday and Friday at 5 o'clock on the West Coast and 8 o'clock on the East Coast mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. And I typically post the ingredients and uh, the information online a little bit beforehand so people can get the ingredients together. And meet me uh, on Facebook and YouTube at 5 o'clock. Um, or eight o'clock on the East Coast, and we'll all make a drink together. And then people can ask me questions. I tell them if you want to be asked me a question, you can put tweet me mm-hmm. or put it in the YouTube uh, in the YouTube feed, and, and I ask you answer people's questions about anything they want to know about criminal minds, the talk, who's line, friends, Archer, about filmmaking, about whatever they want to know, and I answer some questions at the end of the happy hour. So it's a conversation, like with any bartender. It's a nice way to connect with people. I love that. I love that theme. So you, you mentioned yeah. the show that I want to bring up about that. You know that you're di- you've directed some episodes called Criminal Mind. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about you know mm-hmm. I was a very talented stand up comic, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. And but my I gifts and my my blessings was I I I. I wanted to be behind the camera. I, I love writing. I love producing. I mm-hmm. love managing. And that that's where I fell mm-hmm. in love. And now I'm back, in, I'm back on the microphone. That's, life is like that. They'll right. always be prepared yeah. for change. That's what I love about your career. Yeah, your career, life is dynamic. Your, your career is a testament you know? of you, somebody throw you a quality option, you're going to pivot. Go what 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 what? <laughs> and and that I want to and I want to say that to you, by Aisha, because a lot of people, when I talk about this show, you know, they are, you know, it's about making change. And I always tell people, when you make change, you're not always happy or comfortable with that change. You know, you're not always happy or right. comfortable with the opportunity, but you can't let that fear or that doubt stop you. And when I look at your resume, I could not agree with you more. Now look at your resume. Every title I throw out about you, award-winning director, that's a real deal for you. Actress, that's a mm-hmm. real deal for you stand-up comedian that's a real deal best-selling author podcaster activist all these things i'm saying about her and is is not just throwaway credits or credits that she's done in the past she's actively participating and functioning in all these very diverse opportunities right now how do you keep that Mm -hmm. hat on your head with all those options just floating around and then maintaining a balanced life aisha well, Rushan, first of all, I, I think you've been you've been saying it so elegantly this entire time that you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, that I think a lot of times people don't make changes or pursue the things that they want because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of discomfort. And that's a natural human instinct is to avoid discomfort or to avoid failure. But you really can't you can't make forward motion. You can't make change without a being willing to fail and being willing to learn from your failures and keep going mm-hmm. and B to accept that at some point you're not going to be good at what you want to do and to really be open to learning and, and, and to growing. And I think, um, I, I never want to be, I never want to be complacent. I always want to be learning about myself. I always want to be challenging myself. I'm willing to do something and say, well, that didn't go my way, right. but here's what I learned about myself or what I learned about that skill set. And, um, and I always want to drive and push myself to be the best that I can be, um, which sometimes can be very frightening, but I think it's important. I know there were people who came before me who pushed themselves to create a space for women like me mm-hmm. to be able to have more opportunities. And I want to be able to create that space for other people of color and for other women to challenge themselves and to grow. And so I also, that's a part of what pushes me forward is, 
if something I do inspires somebody else to mm-hmm. be brave about their own pursuits, then it's been worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just don't want to be at the end of my life and feel like I didn't give it everything I had oh, and feel yeah. and feel you like not, that would not be in your eulogy. You know that she she's a part time <laughs> doer. That will not be in your eulogy. She, you know, just say I did it no. all. That be on your gravestone. I did it all, and maybe some more. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot. Maybe some more. That is definitely yes. That's my philosophy for sure. For sure, you know, but, you gotta get you gotta get out in these streets, right? There's nothing nothing is guaranteed, and you got the one life. You got to go for it as hard as you possibly can. And, and before before we go, I want to just talk about your directing. That's another area where mm-hmm. females don't participate as much you know we, we've seen a lot mm-hmm. of been high profile film projects uh, movie production mm-hmm. deals I mean starting to come out now but to be behind that mm-hmm. camera and directing as a female let's talk walk us through that step and walk us through the steps of getting the opportunity to do that on a high on high pro- profile projects not independent projects that you thought of and you gathered right. your friends up I'm talking about network approved mm-hmm. shows talk about that right well, I think the reason I got the network approved shows is because of the independent projects, because in the beginning, no one would give me a shot. So I started making my own stuff to demonstrate my skill set to show what I could do. Mm-hmm. So that when it came down to have a bigger opportunity, I had a calling card. I had something I could show people. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, by the time I directed my first episode of Criminal Minds, I'd already directed seven short films and an independent feature. Mm-hmm. And that was really what unlocked the door to those bigger projects. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, you know, start wherever you can and push yourself to be as excellent as you can be so that when the big opportunity comes along, you're ready and you're confident and you know, you can do it. And that's, that's really how that came about. When I finally wanted to direct on television, I had already directed a feature film. <laughs> so awesome. they couldn't very well say I didn't have the experience, awesome. you know, cause I did. My friend, yeah. uh, every Tuesday and Friday, 5 PM Pacific, 8 PM yes. Eastern, YouTube, Facebook, She's going to yeah. put the menu of the drink she's going to do online prior to the show. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yep. going to tune in tonight. I'm going to tune in tonight to watch it. You know, you've already that. told me, That'd you know, you're not going to be spinning bottles and doing magic tricks. No. You're just going to have a conversation. <laughs> it's a little bit more intimate yeah you know you're like the james bond that, i feel like i'll be watching the james bond type a cool 